0: Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message.
1: So let's get into the Word this morning, all right? Are y'all ready? Okay, well, we're going to get into... uh... Keith Conley gave a great segue into it, and uh, so we're going to continue on. we're going to continue talking about generosity and um, and just kind of just keep on looking at it and turning it over uh, for at least a Sunday or two more and uh, talk about it and let's, let so that we might become generous, even more generous in our lives, generous people and we gave several def- definitions last week, and I'm not going to go back over those definitions. you can. Uh, look at look at your notes. Matter of fact, those look at your notes and let's just call out those definitions real quick. Let's see how well you took notes. So, let's, what's uh, what's the definition number one of generosity? What is generosity? Excuse me. Readiness, readiness, and giving. In other words, we're prompt to. We're we're ready to give. All right. Welcome back. Glad to see you. Um. What else? Freedom from meanness. Wow. Freedom from meanness. Okay. What else? Excuse me? Largeness. Living large, right? Largeness or wholeness. Okay. Anything else? Say that again. Living life largely, given the whole of yourself. And then lastly, at least I think lastly, should be one more. Excuse me? Giving for the benefit of others. Exactly. Benefit of others. What did we say about the portion, though? Welcome. I thought I might, I thought that was you. I was like, I turned and welcome back. Welcome back, from Korea. Welcome, glad to have you back. He's he's here from Korea. He's been serving in the military. Welcome back. Good, 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 good. Amen. Amen. Good, good. All right. Well, this is very good. Well, the the one that I want us to kind of hone in on is is that that generosity has to do with the amount of the what. The whole, the portion of the whole that we give. So that one person could give an amount and another person can give an amount. One could be deemed generous and one could be not so generous depending on the portion of the whole that they gave. And so uh, God has given each one of us whole, we're, we're, we're complete. We're, he's given all of us gifts and talents. And he didn't cut back on us on any of them. Some of us have more talents than others. Others of us have less talents. But all of us are responsible for delving out or giving out the whole of the talent that he's given us. So not a a small portion of it, but the whole of it. So today I want to look at a, a profile of a generous man profile of a generous man. So I want to hear right quickly before we get into this uh, some people that you think in the Bible, we're talking about a person in the Bible, that you think uh, was a generous person. Let's see if you can guess who I'm going to be profiling today. Generous person. Who, who would you say is a generous person in the Bible? Someone, anyone, call him a Solomon, generous person. Okay, good. The Good Samaritan, thank you. Who else? Job. Job. Who, who else? The, the woman who gave two mites. Yes. The, the woman that you talked about today. Generous person. Anyone else? We want to look at a profile of a generous person. Anyone? Excuse me? Joseph. Okay. Joseph was a, very generous. Yes, he did. He, he poured himself out, didn't he? Anyone else? Paul gave himself out. So there's many people that we can use as a profile of generosity. And we're not just talking about, and, and sometimes when we talk about um, generosity, we immediately go to money and, and sometimes we get stifled there. But money is just a part of the generosity. It's just who we are. That's how we, that's why we give. So we don't really concentrate on the money aspect. It, it just is. It's part of, it's a part, a whole part of the generosity part but i don't think anyone said the person i'm going to i'm going to profile today um mary jesus of course but i'm not to, who? moses barnabas anyone god <laughs> if if all else fails god right that's right the widow who gave the mite okay abraham generous i'm not well, maybe this guy I'm a profile isn't that generous. Boaz. Who? Boaz, okay. The a woman who anointed Jesus' feet. This would take all day. Noah, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. <laughs> Anyone else before I get started? Naomi's very generous. No one's going to pick my guy. Yeah, it's a profile of, I said uh, generous people, so it's a profile of a generous man, okay? This is a generous man, all right? Excuse who? No one has said David, and that's exactly who I'm going to profile, David. David, I, I, I truly believe, is one of the most generous of people in the whole Bible, most generous of people. And so we're going to look at some stories of Joseph, I'm going to read quite a bit so that we can have some takeaways, so. So here we go. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. All right, so here's what I need you to understand. One of the things we did not say as as, as a, um, a requirement for generosity is obedience is the key to generosity. Obedience is the key to generosity. Now, Keith kind of mentioned it this morning. He said, I hadn't seen this before and neither had I really seen it and looked at it that way. But she was commanded to give. She was commanded to give. In other words, somehow God gave a message to her to give to the prophet Elijah. And so she was commanded she was, and she was obedient to that command. And most often than not, That's how it's going to come to you and I. We're going to have an opportunity to do what God has called us to do. Some of it are fixed things or constant things like just giving of tithes and offerings. Those are things that are consistent. We don't need to hear the voice of God. God, if you tell me to give my tithe and offering, I will do it. I didn't hear from him. No, it's in the Word. (laughs) I said it's in the Word. Now, some things are not going to be in the Word, like the amount of sometimes or giving for a particular reason. But it's in the Word. We don't, we don't have to wonder or question whether or not God wants us to give relative to tithes and offerings. But ke- obedience is the key to generosity. Now, 1 Samuel 13 verse 14 says this. But now your kingdom shall not continue. It's talking about Saul here. It says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to, to be prince over, the, over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So Saul's default was he, was, he just was not obedient. He just kept being disobedient. However, David's default was he was obedient. A- and God says about that man, here's a man after what? Here's a man after my heart. Here's a man who's got me. There's a man that I delight in. He's after my heart because he will be obedient. And so obedience is the key to generosity. And David was extremely generous. Extremely generous when you look at the totality of his life. And I'm not just talking about what he gave to others uh, financially or, or out of his resources. I'm talking about what he gave of himself. He the dude poured out. He was full on all the time. He, whatever he did, he did it 100%. All right? Was he perfect? By no means was he perfect. But did he give out? Did he remain a man after God's heart the whole time? All right? So Psalm 72:1 says this. 72:1 Psalms verse 72 2 verse 1. Give the king your justice, O God. This is a prayer of David. And your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge. He's talking about those that will come after him and of himself. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor, of the people. Give deliverance of the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. That's wonderful, isn't it? Listen to the language there. Verse 2 says, May he judge your people with righteousness. He's talking about here's how we should reign as kings. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. When we think of justice many times, we're talking about going into court and justice being, um, you know, one person Uh, getting a just for something that was done wrong to him. But justice really here is talking about a, a, a disposition toward helping others. In other words, God judges on our behalf good. So he's telling the kings here, judge righteously. In other words, do good to people. Be good to people. Be generous to people. Watch out for people. And uh, the, the, the part of this, he says, he goes on, he says, uh, and you're poor with justice, let mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills of, in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. That's, that's you and I. The Bible tells of us in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he says that we are to reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We are to reign in life through the grace, the, in, in, the enablement of God, and the gift of righteousness. In other words, we're supposed to rule against that which is wrong, and that which causes poverty, and that which causes hurt, and that which causes sickness. We are supposed to be people every day ruling in other people's favor. When, when Keith talked about um, uh, Carl smiling, and Naomi praying, and and who else? He mentions a few other people. Dina Smiling and, and some other things. That, that is how we rule in righteousness. That's how we reign in grace. He says that we are to reign by the abundance of grace. In other words, by the abundance of God's ability on us, we are to reign. We are to rule over darkness through the abundance of grace. By being generous with our lives. By giving what God has given us. And the thing about God is God will never ever ask any of us to give anything that he's not already given us. So if you can't sing, he's not going to ask you to go sing for someone. That's not your gift. That's not your talent. So don't go trying to sing to cheer up somebody. Sing to yourself. God is only going to give you that which he's going to ask you to give what he has given you. So if you can administrate, he wants you to administrate. If you can dance, he wants you to dance. If you can do whatever, that's what he wants you to give. We're to reign, 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 rule in life through the abundance of the grace that we have. To rule over that which is wrong. To rule over the oppressor. He says to crush the oppressor. To crush them. How many of us are going out daily thinking about how we can crush the oppressor? Think about how we can crush oppression in other people's lives. Because if we were doing that, if the whole body of Christ began to think that way every single day, how can I crush the oppressor? How can I crush the enemy that is on my friend's life, on my co-worker's life, on my, my child's life, on the people that I go to school with's life? How can I get involved with people's lives so that I can crush the oppressor? And see people set free and delivered. All right, so let's look at this profile of David. I, I just find him extremely generous. So, look at um, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 18. And again, I'm going to read uh, quickly so that we can get through it. But I want us to see some points here. First one here. Um, Verse 18 says, And the and and of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse. In other words, uh, when when the spirit departed from Saul and came on to David, it left Saul high and dry. It left him in a place of real torment. And so he needed some help. And it says here, one of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is who is a skillful, who is skillful in playing a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man of good uh, presence. and, And the Lord is with him. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and skin of wine and young goat and sent them by David, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. And Saul loved him greatly and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And, whoever is the, and and whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him here David is now in the service of Saul. And I thought about this just in this way. You know, what, what, what do we do now when we, when we may need some encouragement? Uh, we can do what? We can just turn on, uh, uh, put on a CD. We can, we can put on a YouTube music. We can, we can put something in our ears. We can listen to music. We don't have to bring a, a, a gifted artist in. We, can, we, we have them. Caged inside of an internet or whatever. We can just pull it up. But back then, you would have had to bring someone in. And so David, being a skilled musician, came in and he played for the king. He played for the king even knowing that he would one day be the king. He played for the king. And when he played for the king, the lyre, he was given of and was generous with his gift. You see, right now in this church, right now, in this room that we're sitting in, there's more than enough to do all that we need to do. If everyone will what? Be generous with their gift. If everyone would be generous with their gift, if everyone will pour out their gift and the way that they, they need to give it out, then every, then every need will be met. So, so there's, there's things that we, we need, obviously, but it's not because we don't have. It's because not everybody is, is giving of their best. So David, learning, have, having learned how to use the lyre, he played for Saul. And he played it very well and very skillful. He was generous. All right. Let's listen to, to some other things. All right. Look at uh, Samuel, First Samuel, Chapter Seventeen, Verse Thirty-Seven. I'm going to read real fast on this, okay? And David said, "The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine." And Saul said to David, "Go, and the Lord be with you." Then Saul clothed David with his armor and put a helmet. Verse um, was that? Verse Thirty-Eight. Then David clothed um, David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with, with a coat of mail. And, 30, uh, and David strapped the word over his armor. And he tried, it, you know, I'm going to skip all of that and get down to verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near David and his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he, he disdained him. For he was but a youth, ruddy, and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog, that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin, but I come to you in the name of of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Let's move on to verse 48. And when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. So how many gifts have we witnessed so far of David? Two gifts, haven't we? He he was a musician and he was a killer. (laughs) He was a warrior. So there's two gifts that God had given to uh, David and did he max out on both of them? Most definitely. He did it. He gave the whole of himself to, to, to playing a, uh, a, an instrument, and he gave the whole of himself in fighting. He could have died that day. It could have been his last day. But he wasn't thinking about himself because when we think about ourselves, there are so many things that will inhibit us from giving our gift out. What will they think? How will they act? What will happen to me? Will they receive it? All of those types of things. Fear is an inhibitor. And so David did what didn't fear. He didn't fear, he played his instrument, and now he went out and he fought and saved his nation from the Philistines because he was giving the whole of himself out. He wasn't holding anything back. Withholding nothing. So there's two things that we've seen that David. Uh, relative to generosity. Let's look at some more. Samuel, um, 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1. I love this one right here. To me it says so much. So David, David uh, knew who he was. He knew he had been anointed to be the king. And this is after David had, had left um, Saul's service because Saul was trying to kill him. I mean, he was playing the lyre, and, and, and twice uh, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with, with a javelin. And yet David just kept being consistent. And so here we find him in 1 in um, Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1. It says, and David, and David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's house heard it, They went down there to him, and everyone, listen to this, and everyone who was in, what, distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul, gathered to him. And he became commander over them, and there were with him about 400 men. David is now really a a relative to God. He's royalty now. And his generous heart, he's in a cave all by himself in a Adullam. His family comes to him. But then all of these people who are in debt, who are distressed, and who are bitter come to him. And guess what he does? No, you can't come to me. I'm going to be the king one day. No, 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 I don't don't want to be around you guys because I don't don't want to have to take care of you all. He says those who were in debt, distress, those were his partners. They became his, his band of brothers. They became his warriors, as it were. What am I saying here? I'm saying he was generous to the point of allowing others access access to him. We can be generous with access, people. Generous with access. People have access to us. Who has access to you? Who have you opened a door up so that they may come into your life and you may be a benefit to them? He didn't shun them. He didn't send them away. He didn't tell them not to come back. Listen, these were were the outcasts. That's why they came to David. They were in debt, distressed, bitter. And see, that's that's an act of kindness, isn't it? It's an act of kindness for him to have been in that cave and and say, Listen, you guys, come on. I'm all right with you guys coming. We know the outcasts of our society, don't we? We know who's marginalized out there now, don't we? we? We see the people that are walking down the streets, don't we? we they're not, they're not, they're not, they're, sometimes we make them invisible, but they're not invisible. We see them. We see them. And when we begin to understand that we have some resources, what can we do? I can't do it all, but how can we get more involved in the distressed, in the debt, those who are embittered? I have a job to do. My job is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. That's my job. And this is not to be stockpiled. This is not to be put over in the corner. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And I know how to do that. But you never do it. Then how does that benefit anyone? To be equipped and not do, how does that help anyone? To be growing but not use your growth for the purposes of other people. How does that help anyone? God is building us up to be generous. That's what he wants for us. To be generous. I foresee a day... When we open those doors and in that gym, it's full of people who are coming and getting fed and getting their needs met. Because somebody in being equipped in this congregation is saying, I believe that's what God wants me to do. And I say, I believe he does too. I believe he wants it too. See, God has given us all types of things to deal with the debt, the distress, and the embittered. As for the purposes of doing the very same thing David did, and that is raising up a mighty army. A mighty army who's ready to go out and fight and deal. And, and, and See, God doesn't need, we, we think we need all of these things. And, and No, there are people who are so damaged out there, but their gifts aren't. I just have to bring them to the forefront. I have to give them. I have to equip them. So I love that, that piece on David uh, in the cave of Adullam. Uh, here he is. He's growing as a person. And he's getting these people around him that are beginning to be the commander, that he will be the commanders of. And he doesn't tell anyone not to come. Isn't that just like Jesus? To say, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Isn't it just like Jesus To say, you know, come, you know, when he he gathered up the 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 disciples, the disciples were not the kind of people that you would have chosen for your team. He didn't, they weren't, they weren't the upper crust. They smelled like fish. And yet he gathered them and said, I'm gonna make you the most powerful force on the earth. So powerful that one day they'll be talking about you in Morganton, North Carolina, several thousand miles away from where you began this work. Just because of the pouring out of resources. Next one. Listen to this. Talk about generosity. Then Saul took the took 3,000 chosen men, verse, um, 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 2. 1 Samuel 24, verse 2. It says, then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfold by the road where there was a cave. And Saul went in to attend to his needs. They would, David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. That means that they were hidden into the walls of the cave. And then the men of David said to him, This is the day which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems, to, seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward, David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, and to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Here he is. Remember, if you don't know the story, Saul is now on David is on the run. Saul is trying to kill David. (laughs) Saul is trying to kill David. I'm talking about a generous heart here. I think my generosity will have ended at some point. Somebody's trying to kill me. I'm not going to be generous anymore to that individual. Somebody's trying to take me out. Why should I be generous? But yet, David has him in a cave where at any time he could have came and took him out. And what did he do? It bothered him that he cut his, his uh, uh, robe or his, his clothing. Can we ever be that sensitive? Could we ever be that sensitive that our conscience would bother us from doing anything that is disobedient to the will of God? That David's like, oh, man, I messed up. I mean, I cut the, I cut the Lord's anointed. I cut his robe. He could have taken in his life. Generosity, as we said earlier, it has to do, and I think someone said it in the definition, it's a, the, the absence of meanness. The absence of meanness. You don't have a right. I don't have a right just because someone does me wrong to treat them the way they've done me. And let's just get practical here. Let's get really practical here. When we talk about generosity, it, it, it evolves in all aspects of your life. And it has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with your heart. A heart of generosity. So, so someone messes up your food. Or well, a waitress is not the way you think they should be. They're not nice to you. Do you return in kind? what they have given you? A generous person wouldn't. A generous person would think, hmm, I don't know what's going on in this person's life today. I don't know what, what they may have got, had to go through just to get to work today. I don't know if the, the husband might have beat them or the boyfriend might have said something wrong to them or the children might, might not have treated them right. I, I'm not going to add on to that. I'm going to be generous See, generosity is something that we live out of every single day. And we as believers should want to every day not be cruel and mean and mean-spirited and take opportunities to poke someone because we're generous. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, Saul tried to kill and had David on the move. Yet David said, I will not take, I will not try to kill the God's anointed. That's generosity. You may not have heard it that way before, but that's being generous. Don't give people what they've given or what you think they deserve because they've treated you a certain way. Be merciful. Be merciful. David was extremely merciful. And that's extreme, that is is by far that is by far um, a, a, a um, testament uh, to his generosity. All right, a um, uh, couple more here. Look at First uh, Samuel chapter 30 and verse 23. But David said, My brethren, you shall do, you shall not do so what the Lord thus has given us. And who has preserved us and delivered into our hand the troop that came against us? For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is but but as his part is who but as his part is who goes down to the battle, but as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. Now, this is very interesting. Now, I want I to ask you all a question. Um, there's a battle. And so, some of the, so we're, we're going we, to, this, this is our, these are our fighting people right here. And so we get ready to go into battle. I want you guys to be very honest. We get ready to go into battle. And when we get ready to go into battle, some of you are, are weary from the, from, the, from the journey. And so you're not ready to, really ready to go to into battle. So we take about half of you and we go fight. And when we go fight, man, we get plunder. We get so many good stuff. We get a whole lot of things, man. And when we get back, the battle was that some of them who went into battle said, "We don't think we need to share with the ones who didn't go into battle." Are y'all understanding me? We're talking about the generous heart here. Well, I did my part. How come they need them? How come they get the? See what I'm saying? I helped build that church. I, 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 I helped give tithes and offerings to that church to, to get it up off the ground. How dare they can come in here and use it. That's not generous, is it? Listen to David. Profile of a generous man. Where did I get to? 24? Well, I'm going to read, Okay. But as his part is who goes down to, to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. So it was from that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah and to his friends saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. To those who were, were in Bethel, those who were in Ramath of the south, those who were in Jatir, uh, Jadr, or whatever that might be, those who were in Aurora, those who were in Sipmuf, and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> yes. Point being made is this. But as the part who goes to, down to the battle, so shall be the part who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. Just being honest, how many of you look at the proportions that some people get and wonder if, if they truly deserve it? Anyone ever done that before? Like, I don't know if I'm going to give them all of that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, who made you controller? Who made you controller? It's not our job to, to, to determine what portion someone should get. It's our job to be obedient to what the Lord has said. Are y'all getting something out of this? Let's look at a few more. Now this, is, this one here. Okay, so we've seen several acts of his generosity. Here's another one of him just being full on. This is just who he is. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 13. It says, and so it was when the bearing of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen aphid. So David and all the house of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound to the trumpet. So he's, he's bringing in the ark of the Lord that had been out and, about, and he was so happy to bring that ark back in, so affectionate towards God that every six paces of the ark, they killed an ox uh, or, uh, or a calf or whatever they were killing. Six more paces and they would kill some more. Six more paces, they would kill some more. In other words, he loved God so much that he didn't reason, well, I could be using that for something else. I could, I could be using that for something else. Saul, on the other end, when Saul was given the command to kill and destroy everything in the town that he went into, he didn't do it. And to the point where God said, it, it, I, I, I'm so, I regret that I ever made you king. Because he was not. He was selfish. He was so looking upon himself. David, every six paces, sacrifice. Every six paces, sacrifice. Because he had a generous heart. Because he was so happy for what God had done. Now, here's the part that really gets you. Listen to this. And then he disturbed. This is in verse uh, verse 19. It says, then he distributed among all the people. Listen. Then he distributed amongst all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both women and men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So that the people departed, everyone to his house happy. I don't know how many was there, but it was several thousand that he gave bread and raisins and whatever else he gave them. And they went away saying, here's a generous person. All I'm saying to us is this. I, I want to do more. I want to be more generous. I was thinking about it this morning. You know, uh, as we give, you know, what would, it, what would it take to add five more dollars to it? Just for generosity's sake. When, when I'm at, the, when I'm at, a, at giving a, a tip at the restaurant, wh- why just do 10%, 15%? And now they put it out for you. They tell you how much to give. And if you get, <laughs> do 18%, 20%, what, what are you going to do with those two extra dollars, those five extra dollars? What are you going to do with all the other stuff in our homes that we've not used for so long? Coats and pants and suits and shoes and all of those things that, that could benefit somebody out there. Why not send everybody home with a cake and some raisins and whatever? Why not send people home with your excess? Why not be a blessing? I don't know about it. I'm I'm just just trying to think. I'm trying to have a bent towards generosity. I just want to be more, more open, more thinking about generosity. How can I be more generous? Living a generous life. One last thing. You know, I love, I love, and we're not talking, listen, people, we're not talking solely about money because money causes a lot of y'all problems. I'm talking about changing your heart. I'm trying to talk about getting your heart right. We don't have to be concerned with money when your heart gets right. If you think it's about money, your heart's not right. Just straight up and down. You're just not right in the heart. It's about a generous lifestyle. It's about a generous lifestyle. I love, I love, uh, um, you know, those things that, 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 again, going back to what Keith said, man, some of you have the most beautiful smiles that you never use. You never use them. You never, You mean, everybody thinks you just mean. I'm, I'm t- what, you, you have control over that. What would it take just to say, go down the road and say? How many of you know people that you run into? I was talking about it the other day. There's this one person I see. I don't really know them, but every time I see them, I, I know them enough. And I go in, I look, and I, they look at me and go, and I don't even think it's about me. I really don't even think it's not even about me, it's just that's their disposition. And their disposition is saying, Don't you come near me. Don't you come near me. I ain't won't, you know, but, but that's not generous, is it? We're just talking practicality, right? Like, you can start doing that today, can't you? Yeah, today, you can start doing that. It don't take much. Practice. It'll do, some of you, a world of good. A merry heart does good like a medicine. All right, we're just just learning how to be generous in all aspects of our life. You know, husbands and wives. Can I get on that just for a second? Because that has to do with generosity too, doesn't it? Just because they're close to you doesn't mean that you don't have to be generous to them. Some of you just said, no, you don't need to be going there, Pastor. That's, that's private. That's, that's, that's between me and him or him and I or vice versa. No. When you married, did you marry to give half of yourself or did you marry to give the whole of yourself? I'm asking the question, did you marry for half of yourself or the whole of yourself? Did you go to the thing and say, um, "I, George Logan, Mary, you, Kim Logan here, and I dedicate half of myself to you for the rest of my life." <laughs> and I'm going to hold on to the other half. No, it was 100, 100. It was 100, 100. And it it's not like half her money and half my money. No, whatever she brings in is mine. <laughs> and whatever I bring in is shown of hers. You know, half and half. Practice generosity. As a matter of fact, if you can't be generous at home, you surely won't be generous anywhere else. Because if you're not generous at home, anything you're doing out there is but an act. Is but an act. Who are you trying to impress? Let's just pull the curtain back, people. Who are you trying to impress? If you are one way at home and another way out in public, then that means what you're doing in public is but for approval's sake. even expect to go here this morning. But But since we're here, (laughs) just practice generosity. Practice it, practice it, practice it all the time. Practice generosity. Practice the presence of God. Practice generosity. Last one, last one, last one. One other thing that came out in this particular one is that when David came back home, guess what David did when he got, finally came back to Israel? The, the verses prior to that said, David, danced, And he danced so much. He danced so much. I'm going to tell you, this guy was full on all the time. That it made Michael, his wife, mad. And David, I don't know what happened after that, but, but she didn't get along with the program. And the Bible says she went barren for the rest of her life. So I don't know what that meant. But I do know that it ill-affected her because she wasn't willing to be generous with her life as well. Last one. Y'all ready for this last one? This one to me is so wonderful. It shows you the attitude of David. Turn to um, 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1 real quick. And I, I don't know that I'll read all of it, but I'll read a good portion of it so that you can get a context for it. All right, here we go. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him what? Kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. Then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul To whom I may show the kindness of God. Now remember, who is Saul? What's Saul's relationship to David? He tried to kill him. He tried to kill him. Now I'm certain here in uh, this wonderful community of Morganton, North Carolina, I'm sure there's probably in in the past been some families who have had issues with other families. We shall not call the names of these families. But I'm certain in a small community like this that there's been some family issues, possibly within the same family. All right, possibly within the same families. But here we have someone who is a family who has tried to kill another family. And yet David says, is there anyone in the family of the man who has tried to kill me that's still living? So that I can show kindness to them. That's some kind of generosity. That's some kind of of generosity right there. That's some kind of generosity, people. What if we all began to do that and began to mend the lines that way? What if we all began to look out and say, is there anyone in the in the in the the, the Smith household that we can show for? I don't know why I said Smith household. <laughs> is there anyone in the Smith household that we can show forth kindness to to, to, to pre- repair the breach that has happened? Y'all ready? Listen to this. It, listen to this. This is this is this is wonderful. Somebody help me to find out where I just left off. What is it? Three. Okay. All right. Oh, then. Okay. Then the king said. Then the king said. Let me find it on mine. Then the king said. Where is that at? Uh, let see. The, okay. Then the king said. Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Marcher, whatever the son of Emil in Lodibar. And then King David sent and brought him out of the house of, of, of David, the house of, of Machir, the son of Emil. From Lodibar, now when Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, as a question, and he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant. And he said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belong to Saul and to all of his house. You, therefore, and your sons... And your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son, that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. <laughs> Man. Now Ziba and the fifteen sons of, of uh, uh, and the twenty servants, and then Ziba said to the king, "According to all that my lord, the king, has commanded his servant, so will your servant do." And from, as for Mephibosheth, said the king, "He shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons." Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually. At the king's table, and he was lame in both of his feet. To me, there's so much in that. There are a lot of people that just need us to show forth kindness to. They're lame in both of their feet, as it were. Generosity, true generosity, should always have a wow factor to it. Like me? My, this dead dog here? Me? You want to have lunch with me? You you have some things for me? It should have that type of effect on the lives of others. And I think, I truly believe, church, that if we'll open up our bowels of compassion and just seek daily to be more generous, how can I be more generous? How can I take care of a Uh, You know, and and you can't be responsible for what you don't have. But what you do have, be responsible with it. There's a lot more that we can do. There's a lot more that George Lagan can do. There's a lot more that we can do as a a church if we all become more generous.
0: You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.